1: Hey there, it's Scary Parachute Sunday, January 24, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss Camel Fighting, Dodo Birds, and Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and it was a pretty wild weekend in the sport. Six teams ranked in the Associated Press Top 25 poll lost to unranked teams on Saturday. Let me run you through it. Number nine, Kansas, lost at unranked Oklahoma. Number 16, Virginia Tech, lost at unranked Syracuse. Number 17, Minnesota, lost at home to unranked Maryland. Number 20, Clemson, lost at unranked Florida State. Number 21, Oregon, lost at home to unranked Oregon State. And number 24 UCLA, this breaks my heart to even say these words, lost at unranked Stanford. Buzzer beater, the line was not too little. First Pac-12 loss of the season for Mick the Goat, hashtag Nell can stay. We'll get to some of that a little later on, I promise. But I want to start with a simple question about two Blue Blood programs with Hall of Fame coaches. Kansas, guided by Hall of Famer Bill Self is on a three-game losing streak. Jay Huck's lost 75-68 Saturday at Oklahoma. This is their first three-game losing streak since February 2013. Meantime, Duke, guided by Hall of Famer Mike Krzyzewski, also on a three-game losing streak. Blue Devils lost 70-65 Saturday at Louisville. This is their first three-game losing streak since January 2016. So here's the question. Which Blue Blood program on a three-game losing streak do you think less of right now, Kansas or Duke?
0: Duke, do you think Kansas? I think I mean Kansas is a better basketball team than Duke, so I think less of Duke. That's pretty easy. Well, I, was, I just wanted to make it easy for you. <laughs> okay, I, you, I mean, if you're going to make the Kansas case for me right now, I'd love to hear it. I mean, the, yes, those are those are two high profile teams, both on three game losing streaks. Touched on both of them in my takeaways piece on Sunday that you can read, and I will say this: I did include this also in my takeaways. Um, I'll just talk Duke real quick. Hope is not lost here, so it's five and five. It plays a competitive game against Louisville. A game it's supposed to lose, right? And if you want to write, and I don't, I don't think Duke is going to go to the NCAA tournament. But I'm not saying that it can't, or that it's a, you know, a 90% chance that it won't. I don't think that it will. But if you are completely writing off Duke right now at making the NCAA's that's that's a little bit premature there's a difference between completely writing them off and saying if you had to choose one or the other right now which would you pick and I would say no but next five games if it can be played if they can be played as scheduled our teams ranked 50th or worse in the net as we speak here on Sunday afternoon GP Tuesday against Georgia Tech 57th in the net Saturday home to a Clemson team that is absolutely tail spinning right now and we'll get to that a little later on 52nd in the net both those are home the only road game in the next five-game five, stretch, five game stretch for Duke is at Miami, which is shorthanded and 134th in the net. Then the next two are scheduled to be at home versus North Carolina, 50th in the net. Been better as of late, but still plenty of questions with UNC. And then home on February 9th against Notre Dame, which is 115th in the net. If you want some optimism about Duke, and it's sort of a double-edged sword, it's this. For the next five at home, all five are winnable If you were able to win all five or go 4-1, and the record would be better, and you'd be well-positioned to have some hope about making the NCAA tournament. But by nature of the games all being winnable for a subpar Duke team, you do not have any quad one opportunities in that group. So at the top of the resume, you won't have the good wins you'll need. But perhaps by nature of winning those games, there could be some momentum that could be established to enable Duke to get some quality wins thereafter. That's the case for Duke right now.
1: It's interesting, uh, the the losing streaks for Kansas Duke are are similar in the sense that they're three-game losing streaks on the road to teams that have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Although Pitt's case took a a body shot on Saturday night when uh, they allowed Steve Forbes to get his first ACC victory at Wake Forest. But the three-game losing streak for Duke is 74-67 at Virginia Tech, 79-73 at Pitt, 70-65 at Louisville. So three single-digit road losses to top 65 Ken Palm teams. It's not uh, a horrific three-game losing streak although any three-game losing streak is unusual at a place like Duke. The issue for Duke is the, the Blue Devils are 0-4 in Quadrant 1 opportunities. Kansas has at least beaten good teams. Duke hasn't beaten a good team. The Blue Devils, again, 0-4, Quadrant 1 opportunities, only one quad to win. It's over Notre Dame, so Duke has zero wins over top 80 Ken teams right now. So I I think you might be right, Duke might not make the NCAA tournament. Certainly, they have put themselves in in real jeopardy of that. But the idea that this three-game losing streak won't be why Duke misses the NCAA tournament if Duke does indeed miss the NCAA tournament. They've still got plenty of opportunities to enhance their resume. And the truth is, they don't have awful, awful, awful losses the way, say, Kentucky does
0: uh agreed Duke and Kentucky are in very different spots Kentucky nice win against LSU but uh you've dug a huge hole and and so much longer to go as for Kansas a, a terrific win for Oklahoma for sure Uh wonderful wonderful win uh for a Sooners team that had been you know eager to play um after it had lost a game against Oklahoma State earlier in the week to COVID and it, it was able to beat Kansas State big time. So credit to the Sooners. You know, they're they're not gonna grab a lot and make a lot of headlines, but that's just a team that's gonna, you know, bolster the Big Twelves case. It's gonna get into the NCAA tournament. And they got some um, they got some good guys there. Yeah, KU's losses though. All three on the road as a function of postponements due to COVID. And so it lands uh in a funny way. This is just the fifth time in the past twenty-six seasons that Bill Self has endured a three-game losing streak. None of those led to a four-game losing streak. In fact, the last time he was there, I would uh, trivia time you on this, but I'm pretty sure you saw my tweet on it, and I spoiled this on Saturday. Going forward, I'll try not to do that as much. But Bill Self last had a four-game losing streak when he was coaching at Oral Roberts, and he was in his early 30s there. So um, it's unlikely that Kansas will you know, do that, lose four in a row, and, and do that for the first time in almost three decades uh, with Bill Self as a head coach because the next scheduled game is against TCU at Fog Allen Fieldhouse on Thursday. Of course that can get postponed. We all we all recognize that. And if it did, then Kansas's next game could well be at Tennessee on Saturday. And then in that case, yes. I mean Tennessee certainly is is vexing, but uh KU could stand to lose a four straight game there. But to me, their their issue is is so much more clear, GP. Um I think we are learning. Like Jalen Wilson has come down a little bit from where he started. Still a very good player, but the more I watch KU, the more I just to me, it's Ochai Abaji needs to be more consistent, and if he is, they'll be better. Christian Brown didn't shoot well as well. I think, you know, I think I saw C.J. Moore mention this. Uh, for as good as market Garrett is as a defender, uh, there haven't been a lot of surprises here in terms of he's just been an okay point guard, and that's kind of what he is. They need Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji particularly with you know not having a full roster available at the moment here not that not that bryce thompson is again uh, a game changer but you know he's a good shooter that they don't have available so if they're not shooting well it all seems to kind of go downhill from there and um i know we talked in the early part of the season that jalen wilson was you know the breakout player in the sport parish and kansas's best player but i'm i'm pretty firm at this point after having watched the jayhawks i don't know eight times, nine times so far this season. To me, Abaji is their most important player and seems to be their bellwether in terms of whether they win or lose.
1: Like, Duke might be bad. Like, we might be talking in a month and we just go, man, Duke's just not any good. They're not going to sniff the NCAA tournament. I'm not willing to go there yet, but we might ultimately find out Duke is not good. We're never going to find out Kansas isn't good. Kansas is good. Kansas just isn't great. That's the issue. Like it is unusual to see Kansas sitting here uh with a 10 and five record, four and four in the Big 12. But I still have them 15th in the top 25 and one. They're four and five in quadrant one opportunities. They've got zero losses outside of the first quadrant. Four of the losses are to teams I also, have in the top twenty-five and one, all five losses are to top forty Ken Palm teams. Four of the five came away from Allen Fieldhouse, and two of the five are to number one Gonzaga and to number two Baylor, two teams that are a combined twenty-nine and zero. So the losses are—it's more than usual, but there's nothing bad there. And like I mentioned earlier, they've got four top twenty-five Ken Palm wins. They've beaten Texas Tech, Creighton, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Kansas is top twenty in both offensive and defensive efficiency, so I don't think they're bad. In fact, I think they're good. I just don't think they're great. Um, So they're taking more losses than they usually take, but there's nothing too concerning uh, about the resume. I did think it was interesting. You know, Bill Self was asked about this three-game losing streak on uh, Saturday after the the loss at Oklahoma, and he was upbeat for the second straight loss earlier in the week, they lost to Baylor. And he was like, you know, I thought we played pretty well in the second half. They're just on a different level than we are. And, and after this one, he said, we've had a hard stretch. It's a quote, but we played three road games against NCAA tournament teams. I don't think we're talented enough not to have a hard stretch. If we don't play well, when we're playing on the road against teams that are tournament teams. So he's basically saying we're still fine, but when we're on the road against quality basketball teams, if we don't play well, we're not winning because we're not that talented. And this is something we touched on before. Um, only, you know, the, the starting lineup is Marcus Garrett, David McCormick, Ochai Abaji, Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown. Only one of those players, McCormick, was a consensus top 50 recruit coming out of high school. The other four were all ranked outside of the top 50. And Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji were both sub-100 prospects coming out of high school. Five-star freshman Bryce Thompson has only played one game since Christmas. He's still recovering from a broken finger. Uh, There's not a likely future first-round pick on the roster. So I actually think like this is going to go down as one of Bill Self's worst seasons at Kansas. But he's doing a pretty good job, all things considered, to have a top-20 team without his the services of his five-star freshman and with a roster that is devoid of, of NBA talent and also lacking, you know, heralded recruits, at least relative to where they were ranked coming out of high school.
0: Yes. I think the next two weeks will, again, if if games can be played as scheduled, will give us a little bit more into this. We could just merely, it's again, this is just different for us. And there's been a lot of different this season but we could just simply have Kansas as a four seed or a five seed in the NCAA tournament, and that's not that's not a common thing. Uh, trivia time! All right. All right. How many times since Bill Self got to Kansas do you think the program has been worse than a three seed since he got there in the 0304 season? No cheating.
1: I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say they've been worse than a three seed. Is that the question? Correct. Worse
0: than a three seed five times. This speaks to the consistency under Kansas. They've been worse than a three seed three times. And every single time they were a four seed. Bill Self has not been worse than a five seed period. Worse than a four seed, excuse me, worse than a four seed period since he was coaching at Tulsa in 99, 2000. They were a seven seed there. His three seasons at Illinois, they were a one, a four and a four. He was a four seed in 04 at KU, a four seed again in 06, and then a four seed in 2019, the most recent KU appearance there. Every other time, a one, two, or three, and most of them were indeed ones and two seeds there. So um, we could just have an abnormal deal. And certainly it's abnormal for Kansas fans who, you know, even if the occasion, if if Kansas is like a six seed, that's just going to look weird and interesting on the bracket, but I'm all about the weird this season. And uh, we'll see what awaits, but I'm with you. Kansas is not a great team. And if it wants to be great, uh, it's on that offensive end. baji and and Brown, I think need to be more uh, reliable and consistent. And hopefully Bryce Thompson can return and add something as well.
1: Can that be fun for the fan base? Like, you know, Kansas, Typically, it's like if you don't make the Final Four, you failed somehow. Like, can it? Can, can you twist it around and go, okay, this under uh, under you know uh, talented team underdog, uh, you know upsetting somebody to go to the Sweet Sixteen? Like, can that be fun for a fan base like Kansas's fan base?
0: That's a good question, and uh, I'd imagine Kansas fans could let us know about that. I would say probably if you're a Kansas fan, you are in rare air, so you're used to winning the Big Twelve every single season. And when you don't, like two years ago when it didn't, it was a a four seed there. I suppose once you get into the tournament, there's a feeling that you're Kansas and you, you know, I don't want to say a birthright because, frankly, um, there have been plenty of Kansas teams that have underachieved once they got to the tournament as a one or two seed and not made it to the final four. But uh, potentially, you know, just to wear that hat for a season, uh, certainly a season like this, I I think it will be interesting. And by the way, this is going to probably be something of a, a major talking point, a theme with this year's tournament, given that we are certain to have a couple of blue bloods that are normally in it, not in the field. And then either, you know, other traditional power top 10, top 15 level programs, they aren't going to be sitting on the one, two or three line. And so it's going to make for a bracket in an interesting year, all that just much more different. And I'm, for me, I'm fine with it. It's a different flavor. But yes, I think this, what we're getting to here is going to be something that uh, kind of, you know, mainstream national talking points and columnists will will reference in the lead up to Selection Sunday.
1: All right, let's get to the viral moment from Saturday night. Mike Krzyzewski took issue with a question from a student reporter after the loss at Louisville. We're going to play the audio for you next. But first, check this out. So Mike Krzyzewski took issue with a question from a student reporter from the Duke campus newspaper after the loss at Louisville on Saturday night. If you were on Twitter, you probably saw it. If not, here's how that exchange went down.
0: Hi, Coach. I'm just curious as to what what the next step forward here is for the team as you guys move into another week of basketball. Yeah,
1: why don't we just evaluate this game? I'm not into what our next step forward is right now. We just finished the hard fought game. Yeah, I don't know if,
0: like, when, you, what, what, what's your major? What's your major at Duke? What's your hardest class? Econ. Okay, so say you just had the toughest econ
1: test in the world, and when you walked out, somebody asked you, "What's your next step?" Uh, you see what I mean? Does that you have some empathy and? And, you know, just give us time to evaluate this game, and then we'll we'll figure out just like we always try to do.
0: Sh- Your thoughts? Well, Krzyzewski didn't answer it the way that he should have, but I don't have a huge issue with what he did here. So this was, first of all, you, uh, he's got Baron Davis going on Twitter, calling him <laughs> an a-hole, okay? Jeez, man. Um, there's a couple things to unpack with this. This was uh, a video, by the way. shouts to Kyle Boone, strong who, jaw, strong jaw. Put this on Twitter, and because he did it, uh, maybe it gets out eventually. But if if, if Boone wasn't kind of watching the the post-game presser and put it out there, I, like we might not even be talking about this. Who knows? Because he was the because he put it out uh, sometime after, the, like the Duke game finished at six. Boone didn't put this out until more than, almost two and a half hours after the game ended, so about two hours after the press conference finished. No one really tweeted about it or picked up much on it then, so <laughs> good job, KB. Um, yeah,
1: Kyle wouldn't have grabbed that. Kyle Boone wouldn't have grabbed that. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know that we would have got it. Kyle Porter was watching a Tony Finau press conference. He, so he, he
0: was. was. I don't know if Tony Finau was going was going deep on this one.
1: Um, 0% chance we're getting that from Kyle Porter, so thank no God shot. for strong jaw, Kyle Boone.
0: No shot. Okay, so to be clear... Shashevsky needs to read the room, read the Zoom, if you will. This is a student reporter. Uh, I would think he. I mean, judging by the, you know, the tone of the reporter's voice here, like you can clearly tell that's a college age kid. Um, and yes, Duke is coming off a loss. It's five and five. It's the worst season under Krzyzewski since the last time that Duke didn't make the NCAA tournament, essentially, uh, in the overall picture. He could have answered it better. Now, is the question great? No. Have you and I asked that question? Yes. Have we asked worse questions? Absolutely. Professional journalists. I, I, have. I, I have not. Uh, without a doubt, you absolutely have. I Professional... I have. You know what? Here's,
1: here's my honest-to-God rule when it comes to press conferences. I don't ask a question unless there's something very specific I want to know that I don't believe somebody else is going to ask. I never talk just to talk. And so often with these things, whether it's in person or Zoom, people are talking just to talk.
0: Yes, that does happen. Again, it doesn't matter that it's not, you know, this hugely illuminating question. It's a student reporter learning on the beat that, by the way, drove round trip. Uh, shouts to Jake Piazza is his name. Drove eight hours each way to go cover the game for the Chronicle. Shashevsky is, is not new to this kind of question there. He he has a point in that, you know, we just lost the game. I can't give you next steps yet. We, you know, this just happened. I get all of that, and I thought there was a bit of some performative outrage because it's Mike Shashevsky. I get that. But this is not new. I'm going to bring to light here something from 1990 in Sports Illustrated and then you can give me your thoughts okay so Mike Krzyzewski has uh, you know I think he's the best coach in the history of college basketball personally yes even better than Mick Cronin even better than John Wooden at this point with everything that he's done I think that don't take it too far okay McCronin, by the way, proven to be human this weekend. Talked about that on Friday. Development, um, but he has, and I, and I've, you know, he is. Shushevsky has developed a reputation locally of sometimes not treating the student newspaper, uh, you know, kindly. I guess you could say, and that's backed up by this account from Sports Illustrated in 1990. This will, this is five paragraphs, get a load of this. I don't even think you know this story, GP. I didn't know it till it was brought to my attention. Last week was a tough one for Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski. On Monday, January 15th, Coach K invited the sports staff of the student newspaper, The Chronicle, to meet with him. If the student scribes thought they were in for an amicable, get acquainted session, they had to be shocked when Krzyzewski brought them to the locker room and in front of the team unleashed an eight-minute profanity-laced tirade about the paper's lack of support for the Blue Devils. The article that sent Shashevsky over the brink was a piece by Brent Belvin, who graded the performance of the team as a whole and of each individual player. <laughs> Never mind that Belvin gave the team, which was 12-2 and two at the time, a B+, plus, and didn't give any player a grade lower than a C+. Plus. Krzyzewski told Belvin his story was, quote, full of blank, end quote, which was one of the nicer things he had to say once he got warmed up. Without Krzyzewski's knowledge, an enterprising student reporter tape-recorded the entire lecture. Quote, you can rip me, praise me, whatever you want, but you guys are really screwing our basketball team, Krzyzewski said. You're whacked out. And you don't appreciate what the blank is going on, end quote. Chronicle sports editor Rodney Peel said the meeting was, quote, humiliating for his staff. Quote, he treated us as if we worked for him, said Peel. Athletic director Tom Butters only heightened the controversy with this cryptic comment. If the Chronicle chooses to make an issue of it, then I'm going to have to look at it very, very closely and somebody's going to come out the loser, end quote. Last graph here, giving Krzyzewski the benefit of the doubt after the apology he made to the student journalist last Friday, the incident only proves that even the best coaches can occasionally be overcome by the stress inherent in big-time college sports. We look forward to seeing Coach K work to bring up the F we must give him in Understanding Journalism 101. Okay, a couple things. This is 1990. He doesn't even have a national championship yet at this point. And he is you know, clearly 30 years. He's in his early 40s at this point. He's younger than you are right now. And he's going off on student uh, newspaper reporters there. And this has not been uncommon since then. It's not as though he browbeats the student reporters on a weekly basis. That's not the case. But when you talk to people who cover the program locally and have for years, it you know every so often there will be an instance, and I have seen this in person, he will make it a point to be a bit ornery and treat these 18, 19, 20, 20-year-old 20 student journalists perhaps a bit harsher than they should given um, that they're in college, they're learning their craft. And I think the way that We as media members, while we will sometimes critique players, but we more often critique teams on the whole and critique coaches, we understand that these players, for the most part, again, they're not paid professionals. So, yes, do they choose to take on this high-profile position as a college athlete, and is that uh, subject to the occasional piece of criticism? Yes, but I feel like the media usually is is more appropriately – Uh, discussing college athletes in a different way than we do professionals. And sometimes that's not necessarily the case when Shashevsky is dealing with the student reporters.
1: I guess I'd say this. Um, Was it the best question in the world? No. Was it the worst? Did it even stand out as as an awful question? No, it's just, it's a question in a a press conference conducted via Zoom. Just answer it. it. It's harder to do what he did than it is to just answer the question what's the next step well we're gonna get on a plane we're gonna uh, get back home we're gonna watch film we're gonna get back in the gym and we're gonna try to get this thing right yeah, just easy whatever however you want to do it it it's harder to do what he did and i i'm i'm gonna assume he can't help it because and let me be clear Not. it's not the biggest deal in the world it's not like he cussed at a at a student or um tried to it, tried to here's what it actually sounded like to me it sounded like he was frustrated Started going down a path and then realized I need to turn back off a little bit and eased up a little mm-hmm. bit as as he progressed. It seemed like he had a moment, you know, whether it was 10, 15, 20 seconds in where he was like, all right, this is this is not going to come across the way I want it to come across. And he caught himself. And so it, it wasn't anything he I think he needs to apologize for. It certainly wasn't worth the outrage that I saw on social media Saturday night trickling into Sunday, but it was unnecessary. I mean, he is Mike Krzyzewski. I I, I can't speak for the young man who asked the question, but I'm just going to assume that when you're a Duke student, like you're, it, it, you got to get up some nerve to even ask Mike Krzyzewski a question in, in a public forum. And so it's already an intimidating, um, Situation, I would assume. I I can remember when I was that age. I would have been nervous about asking somebody like Mike Shushetsky a question in in the middle of a press conference. So if you're K, you just gotta hand, you just gotta handle that better. And and maybe they, think and and listen, he he doesn't really need life lessons for me at his age and given his accomplishments. But like I'm just gonna assume he can't help it because he's smart enough to know this is not gonna play well. Like once this gets on social media, it's not, who's going to look bad here? The student reporter? No, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: me, I am. It's going to make me, I'm I'm about to make me look bad. Why do that? And so, you know, I've, I've always thought I, I can understand how some coaches and athletes get frustrated with super dumb questions because they get asked them a lot again, it goes back to what I touched on earlier. Sometimes I'm in these press conferences or on these Zoom calls, and it, it, there's no point to the question the person just asked. They just wanted to say something in, in that setting. But don't, we're not learning anything from this question that you just asked. You're just talking to talk. So I can understand how coaches, even Kay, might get frustrated sometimes. But I do think, especially when it's a student, by, de- by definition, usually a young person just, just answer the question to move on. Like it, it, it's harder, it, it's harder to do what he did, and you make it. You 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 just end up making yourself look in a way that I'm certain you don't you don't yeah. want to look. I, I remember a press conference, I, and this has always stuck out um, because I, it, it was an example of somebody doing exactly what I'm talking about or avoiding the situation Mike created for himself. It was at a Louisville press conference. And Rick Pitino was the coach, and somebody asked, and I, I believe it was a woman reporter. Not that it matters, but it, 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 well, I actually think it does matter. Um, asked a question. It was something like, "Coach, you guys uh, started playing zone in the second half, and you know, then the other team, you know, went six minutes without a field goal. Um, what played into that decision? It was something. It was something about playing zone. Here's the problem." They didn't play zone. They never, they never played zone. Not not one possession of zone. And I knew that. And I'm obviously Rick knew that. So at that moment, Rick could have embarrassed this person by saying, Well, we didn't play zone. And instead, you know what he did? He said something along these lines. He said, You know, um, you know, sometimes when we're in our man, it, it can look like a zone. So I understand what you were seeing but the truth is um we were you know we were still in man-to-man and we just started guarding better and then he just talked however he wanted to talk like he, he 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 provided a safety net there like you have two options you can make this person seem ridiculous or make this person um not feel so bad about asking the ridiculous question that they asked and so in that moment rick could have played it one way and it looks like he's talking down to a woman Or he just played it the way he did, and I thought that was the nice, professional, kind way to handle it. And I wish more coaches in similar situations would handle it that way, even if I can't understand the frustration.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have arguably the greatest coach in college basketball history, who at this point, when you consider his Duke contract and his Nike contract, is paid more to coach college basketball right now than any human in the history of the sport. Mike Krzyzewski is the most handsomely paid person coaching college basketball ever He needs to be able to take these kind of questions. And by the way, like, if I had asked the question and he responded that way, I'd take it. I'd be like, okay, you know what? You know, the question wasn't great. If he wants to react to me that way, I can totally take it. I would be totally understanding if he was going to react that way. Again, I just found it to be something that was just way too easy to pile on on Twitter, and it becomes this almost like who's going to have the quippiest statement about Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, it's not a good look for him. It's also not the worst thing he's ever said or done. So, um it gets amplified because it's him because it's Duke and because Duke is five and five. So that's pretty much where I stand on it. Maybe he'll apologize. Maybe he won't, but um, clearly he was frustrated in that moment and yeah, he's, you know, it's not been an easy season. This also a coach that's been outspoken over the, uh, the very nature of this season and, you know, bailed on some non-conference games, understandably. So, uh, so there's a lot of other subtext to, to, to all this stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I would, I would think that, you know, We won't see that again from him this season, although who knows? I guess anything's possible, but yes, it seems every so often we do get a moment like this from Krzyzewski that becomes a talking point, becomes a story, and part of that's what he puts upon himself. Uh, like with the Dylan Brooks thing in Oregon in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and part of it's also just his na- his natural stature in the sport. You know, I think those things uh, sometimes go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Kay owes anybody an apology. It, it was not the biggest deal in the world. But I, I'm I'm sure if he wanted to reach out to Jake Piazza on a personal level, um, that, that Jake would probably appreciate it. If I were Jake Piazza, I would probably appreciate that. Let's move on. I mentioned... Some of the other notable results from the weekend at the top, Virginia Tech losing at Syracuse, Minnesota, losing to Maryland at home. Clemson lost at Florida State. Oregon lost at home to Oregon State. Those were examples of unranked teams uh, beating ranked teams. Meantime, Gonzaga pounded Pacific. Baylor won at Oklahoma State. So the Zags and Bears are now combined 29-0. and Missouri won at Tennessee. Ohio State won at Wisconsin. Florida State beat Clemson by 19. Norlander, I'll just let you take that wherever you want to take it.
0: I'll start with the one you didn't mention from Sunday. Just uh, Rutgers winning at Indiana. Uh, that was an important one for Rutgers to end a five-game skid, get a good win there, and just avoid going being seven and seven and still have a, you know, a decent case for the NCAA tournament. So, uh, shouts to Steve Heichel and that crew for getting that for Indiana. You know, this is. Frustrating, um, because you just get a win at Iowa on Thursday. On the road by 12, you look really good, and then you come back and you can't beat Rutgers. And I understand if you're frustrated, Hoosiers fans. Um, your next scheduled game uh, is no longer on the schedule uh, with Michigan, because Michigan has now lost two weeks' worth of games due to a story late Saturday night, which is a whole other deal. That's also in my takeaways there. Um, the new COVID-UK variant was detected on campus and with a couple of people connected either in the athletic department, like on teams or elsewhere. So Michigan's just not having any sports period perish for the next two weeks. And there's obviously concern that if this happened at Michigan, the virus could be in that variant elsewhere on other campuses. And that could have something of a domino effect. Keep that in mind. If it becomes a thing, we'll obviously talk about it on the podcast. As for on-court results elsewhere that you mentioned, the ones that stood out to me most uh, how about Ohio State winning the way that it did on CBS seventy four sixty two over Wisconsin? It was the fourth time this season Ohio State has entered a game against a team ranked in the top 15, been an underdog in that game, and then won it outright, straight up. There we go. Good job, Buckeyes there. Wisconsin's got to get out of its shooting funk. If you watch CBS Sports HQ on Saturday, you saw Parrish and I talking pre-halftime and post about the Badgers and Buckeyes there. That one stood out to me in a big way. Stanford probably had the most impressive win of Saturday because of the way that it got it. It was leading against Mick Cronin's Bruins for most of the game, and it didn't have three starters, did the Cardinal. Uh, and this is, a, this is a program that has not been... You know, in its home county, we're going on seven weeks now here? I mean, the, there's, their day-to-day, week-to-week situation is not enviable at all. And without Zaire Williams, who I had a source tell me just decided not to play in this game, reason undetermined, without him, a starter, without Dejon Davis, an important player who also wasn't playing for non-COVID reasons, I was told, and then Bryce Wills, who is currently just a little banged up, wasn't available to go. That's that's three of their top six players for Stanford, didn't play in the game. They get a 73-72 win, and they get it on this little slip by Oscar da Silva with 0.8 seconds to go. Michael O'Connell, a freshman, finds him. They get it at the buzzer. Huge win. You could see it on the faces of the players and the coaching staff. It's similar to how Rutgers really needed it. So, and really, to me, the two teams that got the wins, they absolutely needed to kind of keep NCAA tournament hopes alive, even this far out from the bracket cheapy, He was Rutgers on Sunday, and then Stanford getting the win that it did. The Cardinal now, if the schedule stays intact... Its next four games are all they're at the Arizona schools, at USC, at Cal. A tall mountain to climb. That one stood out to me in particular there. And then the only other one, like the the top teams winning, fine. Um, Kentucky mentioned whatever Creighton pulled away. Good job there, Missouri. Missouri winning at Tennessee, and then Maryland winning at Minnesota where the other two, other than like FSU's good again, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Noles. They continue to rock. Clemson, I don't even know. Like, they're just, they're bizarre. They're on the worst three-game losing streak for a ranked team I can ever remember in terms of margin of defeat. They've allowed 72 points in their past three games and have dropped from number one in Kempom defense to number 24 in the span of eight days. Tigers are totally vexing. The other Tigers of Missouri... They avenged their 20-point loss against Tennessee, which came three weeks ago. Both those teams entered that game as undefeated teams, and it was a good little litmus test. And when Tennessee won that game, Parrish's at-mentions were absolutely avalanched, avalanched by Vols fans, uh, talking about GP, you know, uh, you know, kind of playing up and, and 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 talking about Kwanzaa Martin's ability as a coach, you know, all these years ago. I'd like to know if those Tennessee fans were still... Uh, Chap, you know a little I didn't get a single no, text not one on
1: Saturday not e- uh, text or I mean tweet I didn't get a single t- I don't have my phone number <laughs> I, I didn't get a single tweet on Saturday night from a Tennessee fan that's was uh long, was lonely I was just sitting here waiting on him you're, they just, always, you're,
0: just, you're just a little lonely you're just waiting right um, you
1: always have something to say about uh Tennessee and Conzo Martin and Missouri and before that cow I was waiting I didn't get one not even one single tweet from a from a Vol fan
0: It's bad, man. Got to step up, Vol fans. What are you doing here? Before we move to Maryland, Minnesota, I do want to hear from you on these two teams, though. Missouri and Tennessee. Missouri in getting the win goes to ten and two. It's now four and two in the league, and it's in second place, only behind Alabama, which remained undefeated on Saturday. Meanwhile, Tennessee is a four and three team in the league, ten and three overall. Um, as is usual, I did not see your top twenty-five and one updated rankings here on Sunday. Where do you have the Tigers? And do you still have the? I would think that you still have the Vols in. I'm going to blind guess. How about this? I'm blind guess. I'm going to say you got Missouri. Thirteen, and I'll say you got Tennessee at twenty-two.
1: Missouri is thirteen. Boom, and Tennessee is number twenty. Um, you know Tennessee's two and three in quadrant one opportunities now. Two-game losing streak. The losses are Florida, Missouri. They were all the way up to number six at Kempom at one point. Now down to number nineteen. Jaden Springer isn't playing, so that that matters. He's one of the five-star freshmen, but uh, still, that Tennessee team uh, not 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 performing well right now. Um, Missouri is interesting. They The computer numbers for Missouri are all over the place. They're as high as number two in KPI, uh, as low as number 38 in BPI, 31st at Ken Palm, 23rd in the net. So, again, computer numbers a little all over the place. Um, I was going to hit you with a trivia time, but uh, I've already set it up, so y- you would get it. But Gonzaga leads the country, in Quadrant One wins. The Zags have six and then only two teams have 5. One of them is Baylor and the other one is Missouri. Mm-hmm. Neutral court win over Oregon, road win at Wichita State, home win over Illinois, road win at Arkansas, road win at Tennessee. They've got a great resume despite the blowout loss to Tennessee, and then the other loss is like a weird loss to seven loss Mississippi State, but like, Kansas has got a good team.
0: He does, and, uh, and Tigers fans got to be thrilled right now. Uh, probably, you know, we talked about KU fans and the situation they're in. Well, obviously Missouri-Kansas, longtime rivals, even though they haven't played each other here and going on a decade, but for Missouri fans to be sitting right now in a spot where their team's uh, in a better spot in their conference than Kansas' is and, and kind of riding high, uh, Mizzou fans we see, uh, and this is definitely the best team that uh, Martin's had uh, since he's gotten there. The only other thought I have from games this week GP. before we get to some goodies on the back end of the pod. Is Maryland winning at Minnesota? That is shocking. Minnesota was averaging, what, 70, about 77 points in its previous eight games. Uh, kind of riding high as, as a big-time offense. Was basically, was actually undefeated at home, but it, it was beyond not losing games at home. It looked like an entirely different team at home. Maryland walks in there like you got Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and Steve Blake on the roster and says, we ain't effing around here. We're going to take this dub and go on home. And they do. They win 63-49 to keep minnesota under 50 in the barn was shocking to me and maryland is now it's in the uh the top spot for the weirdest resume in college basketball still got to get another you know two weeks or so in before this really starts to flesh out here but every single season you'll have two or three teams where the results just there's no pattern there's no trend and those teams are normally right there near the near the cut line on the bubble maryland could well be that team nine and seven this season <laughs> I don't know what to make of this team. I don't have all of their metrics up, their rankings and stuff, like you just mentioned with Mizzou. Uh, It's probably not uh, that relevant right now. But it's 3-6 and in the Big Ten. It's 3-6 and versus Quad One. But it's one on the road against Wisconsin, Illinois, and Minnesota. Those are three teams that are going to get into the NCAA tournament almost certainly with ease as single-digit seeds. All three top 30 Ken Palm teams. Maryland has wins there. But it's got no good non-league wins. It's lost against Clemson, Rutgers, Purdue, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan. Those are all good losses, so to speak. The worst one is probably Rutgers at home. That's probably Maryland's worst loss. So that was a huge win for Turgeon and the Terps. It's next scheduled game is at home against Wisconsin and then at home against Purdue. If it can win both of those, we're going to get more into what we're talking about here. 10-bid Big Ten, but it's going to require like a Maryland or a Rutgers to get the wins at home they need to get, and so it has its opportunities. You know, no shortage of interesting results. The one that just really made my eyebrows perk up, though, was this one. I did not see in any way, like, Maryland winning, okay, maybe, but Minnesota not even getting 50 on its home floor against the Terps was a surprise to me.
1: Yeah, like, I I, I think it stands out because we still think of these things in traditional terms, like, man, Maryland has won at Wisconsin, at Illinois, at Minnesota, And I know Minnesota has been great at home, but like winning on the road is not as hard as it normally is for obvious reasons. And so, um, you know, again, like road road wins, you take them wherever you can get them and you celebrate them accordingly. But, you know, it's just not as difficult to win on the road as it as it normally is. Uh, I think there's a lot of data that underlines that. And, you know, Maryland winning at Minnesota is just the latest of a million examples in this season being played during the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. All right. You want to get to some reviews here? I Apple reviews. OK, so here's the deal. Last week, we did like 30 minutes of Apple reviews, and that seemed excessive, felt excessive while we were doing it. I don't know what it was like to listen to it because I wouldn't dare. So I'm going to limit us every week to three reviews. I've got three Apple reviews. Now, you can still leave them. And and I read every one of them, and I laugh, and I love them, and it really is helpful. Uh, anytime you guys go there, and so we do want to highlight a few of them every every Sunday, but not thir- not thirty no, minutes.
0: I'll, yeah, and I don't have a review this week, but I'll I'll toss in the occasional one. This week I got something special because it is well, it's a certain person's birthday as we record this podcast, but we'll wait on that. So let's let's do the reviews.
1: Okay, the first one comes from Darren. And he has spotted you in Wichita, Kansas. Oh
0: God! I okay. Before you get going here, I got I got two questions for you. Okay, before you get going, a comment, two questions. My comment is this: I did not like. I haven't caught up on the reviews from this week. Really, I, I, I did a quick scroll like three days ago, and when I did this, I happened to see like at least three people have have dropped in that they're that they're continuing with this subgenre reviews, and that's totally fine. Um, my question is. One, is every single damn one of these reviews going to be people spotting me? I'll, I'll no. do, okay. I,
1: I, I will limit uh, Norlander sightings to one per person. Okay, that's cool. As, I, long, as long as the listeners
0: keep this uh, up. Okay, and then two is, uh, listen, again, I haven't checked in. Is it seeming like this is now more than half the reviews in the past two weeks are these damn sightings that people are like really taking to?
1: I wouldn't put it at half, Okay, but but I have multiple Norlander sightings okay. to choose from. My,
0: all right. Before you get to it, my last plea to listen, uh, listen, I'm totally willing to play along with it. It's absolutely absurd. All the creativity that you want, but don't get too much of a good thing. That's all I'm saying. Okay. You can use creativity in, in many other ways in the reviews. I don't want it to be a one note kind of thing. Lay it on me. Here we go.
1: Okay, this one comes from Darren, five-star review. He says, I love the podcast. If you're looking for entertaining and insightful college basketball talk, then you've come to the right place. A couple of years ago, I went to a Wichita State basketball game at Coke Arena. Outside the entrance, I saw Matt Norlander chain-smoking while pacing back and forth. When I got closer, I noticed he was only in his underwear, which I thought was odd since it was five degrees outside. And so I asked him if he needed help. And he screamed, go away, my leg hurts. I was going to wait and make sure Norlander got help. But after a while, he started throwing pine cones at me. It was a strange encounter. But at least Wichita State won against SMU that night.
0: I read Expli- this one. Explain yourself
1: chain-smoking in underwear outside Coke Arena.
0: Unbelievable. Have never been to Coke Arena. Never been to Wichita. I've been to Wichita and to Coke Arena. Hope to one day. Never smoked a cigarette in my life. Okay? Have you smoked a cigarette? Teaser for the for the final segment. Ever smoked a cigarette in your life, Gary Perry? I
1: have never been a smoker. Okay. So I've, never, I, I've, I've never been a smoker, but I have smoked a cigarette. Um, there was, this is the dumb one night me and Wright Thompson were both covering Nick's, uh, LSU at Alabama football. It was Nick Saban's first game. I think as Alabama's coach back at LSU, it's a big deal. And it was the CBS game. So it was like, you know, two thirty central kick. And after the game, Wright and I had gone out on Friday night in Baton Rouge, and we'd done just about everything you can do in Baton Rouge. And so we decided, hey, let's um, let's just drive to New Orleans tonight, and we'll go out in New Orleans tonight. We'll get a room, and then we'll wake up on Sunday and, and, and drive home because we both lived in Memphis at the time. So we went to New Orleans. And oh boy, we got after it. And I woke up the next morning with a pack of cigarettes in my pocket and i said yo man i i do i are these your cigarettes and he's like no he's like they're your cigarettes i was like right i don't i don't smoke why do i have cigarettes he said dude you bought a pack of cigarettes and you were smoking two cigarettes <laughs> at a time <laughs> last night i said why why would i do that he said i don't know so i have smoked in fact i've smoked two cigarettes at the exact same time and i and, but that's the only uh uh, what do you call? What do you even call when you buy cigarettes? Package of cigarettes. What do you call
0: it? Give me a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. A pack
1: of cigarettes. Yeah. That's the only pack of cigarettes I've ever purchased in my life, and to this day, I have no idea why I did that. Other uh, than I was under the influence. I, of well,
0: company. I was never. <laughs> Go away. My leg hurts. Just absurdity. I did. <laughs> That is the only one that I read in full, so I knew what was coming there. But uh, again, I appreciate the creativity. Just ridiculous. There's another one in there, by the way, where I'm like in, Anar- in Antarctica or something. I don't yeah, know. The
1: reason I, I use that one is simply because it referenced your deadline <laughs> Okay, so, second Apple review comes from Molly. Molly's a Florida fan. She says, I cannot recommend this podcast enough and, in fact, have probably told every single one of my friends and coworkers to listen at least once. I've been a loyal weekly listener for over two years and that's a tribute to the captivating host Parrish and Norlander. I actually remember laughing so hard at the antics Parrish and Norlander carried on that I made my girly girl co-worker listen to the Go Duke Go Come On Duke voice clip followed by uh, Parrish's best interpretation of Coach K. I've always been a sports fan, but never really kept up with a team aside from my own. Go Gators. A side note, but possibly the main reason I needed to write this review, the Gators absolutely demolished number six-ranked Tennessee last night, so she wrote this midweek, and my first thought was that I could not wait to hear what my podcast guys had to say about that game. I told my boyfriend he had to listen, and I was beaming from both the win. and and the airtime I knew was coming. So shouts to you all. And from a girl who loves sports but doesn't know a whole lot about the whole picture, thank you for always making me seem more knowledgeable than I am regarding all things college basketball. That comes from Molly. Uh, congrats to her Gators. They've now won another game since then over the Georgia Bulldogs. Norlander, remind me, did we, in fact, talk about Tennessee, Florida on the Midweek Podcast?
0: Uh, yeah. I hope
1: we didn't disappoint Molly.
0: Um, you know what? I feel like we got it. We gave it a quick like two minutes, yeah. Okay, I can't say because
1: sure. I, I would I would hate I would have hated to disappoint Molly <laughs> but we celebrate diversity among the listeners in this podcast so that's why I wanted to uh to, to, to uh, note Molly's very nice review thank you and uh go go gators okay here's the third one this one comes from Dylan and here's what Dylan wrote Dylan wrote, you guys have got me through this pandemic. I grew up a diehard Baylor fan and started listening to the show because you guys have always been high on Coach Drew and gave him the credit he deserved. Now, I'm an SID student assistant at Stephen F. Austin, and I'm on my fourth year. I went into my studies with my mindset on sports journalism, mainly covering soccer. After working in a college athletic department for so long and falling in love with it, I now have no idea what I want to do. I've been writing about sports for over five years for blogs, school paper, and I even did some work for a Baylor website in high school. Journalism has been my plan all along, but now, with under five months to go until I graduate, I am starting to lean toward SID life. I know everyone has a different story and no situation is the same, but is there any advice you guys can give to help make my situation clear? Should I go for my master's right away? Thank you guys so much. Norlander, what advice do you have for Dylan?
0: Well, what advice do you have for Dylan? Um, You're the one that picked it. I want to hear your advice first.
1: Here would be my advice. Don't be freaked out that you don't know what you want to do, even though you're about to graduate college. That is not an abnormal feeling. Um, That is always my advice to young people. You know, I, I remember when I was in college... I was a little naive to how difficult my career desires were going to be to achieve. Although it worked out, it worked out well for me, um, and I am an example of somebody who didn't know exactly what I wanted to do and then like pursued it, and it happened pretty quickly. Um, but that's not everybody's story, and it, it doesn't have to be. Like my story is different than Norlander's story. And our stories are different than everybody else's story. And so I, I think it, it is, I, I think sometimes people think everything's got to happen immediately. Like, I, I, I like It's a step-by-step process. I, I, I went to college to do this. Now I'm graduating college. Now I need to be where I'm supposed to be. And unfortunately, it, it doesn't always go exactly that way, but it doesn't have to. I mean, I could tell you a million stories. My friend, Jeff Calkins, who's a columnist at the Daily Memphian, he went to his family's. His story is pretty amazing. He's one of nine brothers and sisters, and every one of them went to an Ivy League school. All That's nine crazy. siblings went to an Ivy League school, right? So he went to Harvard undergrad to be a lawyer, but he went to Harvard Law School, and then he got a job working in, working at a firm in D.C. and decided... In his 20s, deep 20s, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do. I want to be a sports writer. So then he went to back to school, to Columbia Journalism School, and got and graduated from that. And then the only job, or, or his first job was Aniston, Alabama just from Buffalo, went to Harvard, went to Columbia, quit a job in D.C. to go to journalism school. And now he's in Anniston, Alabama. And now he's the columnist at the Daily Memphian. He's radio host. He's had a television show. He's turned down job opportunities all over the country. He graduated from Harvard Law School and still didn't know exactly what he wanted to do. And then decided now, deep in his 20s, I figured it out. I'm going to go pursue it. So just don't be worried that in and, and, and this would be my advice to my my own sons as well. Like you don't have to know what you what you're going to do. It's okay to be in confused. In fact, it's probably more normal to be conflicted than it is to be certain. You know, my story just like it, it worked out. So when I tell it, people go, oh, but I got lucky along the way. Like luck plays a role in all of this as well. Like I went to Memphis because I assumed, again, this is where I was just naive. I was like, I'll be um, covering the same things as the people at the commercial appeal newspaper. I'll be at the same football games, same basketball games. They'll see how awesome I am. And as soon as I graduate college, they'll hire me. That was my plan. And that is actually what happened. But it didn't happen for the reasons I thought it would happen. Um, I, I was hired the day I graduated college. I think actually in advance of graduating college to to work at the Commercial Appeal. So unlike most people in our profession, I've never worked at a small newspaper. I have, and then like I'm in TV now and in radio now. I've never done anything at a TV station except talk on camera. I've never done anything at a radio station except talk into a microphone. So this is all very unique, but it, here's how it started. I was getting ready to graduate college and I had all along just assumed I was going to work at the commercial appeal. They'd hire me. They'd, they'd kill themselves to hire me. And what you find out is, well, if they don't have a job open, it doesn't matter how much they like you, they don't. They can't hire you. And so, I was two weeks from graduating, and I was interning at the commercial appeal at the time. It was the summer of ninety-one.
0: Uh, yeah, you've told me many times, summer of ninety-one. Yep,
1: summer of ninety-nine, and. I was interning there. I had always just assumed they'll just hire me as soon as my internship's up. They were not going to hire me. I was two weeks from graduating, two weeks from internship wrapping up, and I had
0: no idea what I was going to do. That's when no. you shivved you shiv- this guy, right? Well, right in the side, right? Right in the abdomen?
1: So then I murdered one of the sports riders at the CA. No, that's not what happened, but it's, it's, it's a, it is a bizarre story. I, I'm starting to panic cause I don't want to leave home. I mean, I'm living with my best friends and I i never even had seriously considered leaving home. And because again, I was just stupid. And I was looking, the only job offer that I had at the time was a small paper in Riverside, California, making like $18,000. Like, good luck. How are you going to survive in California on that? I didn't know what I was going to do. And one of the prep writers at the commercial appeal, Got into a physical altercation with the sports editor and got fired two weeks before my internship was up and i was just sitting there and that's that's how i got my first job if not for that physical altercation i have no idea how my career would have unfolded so i end up at memphis i at the commercial appeal i end up breaking this massive recruiting story tied to memphis high school sports I leveraged that into becoming the Memphis beat writer while John Calipari is the coach. Because John Calipari is the coach, I people are paying more attention to Memphis than they otherwise would. So when Greg Doyle got promoted at CBSSports.com, I was on CBSSports.com's radar. But here's the truth. Pete Tham will turn the job down. They offered the job to Pete Thamel before they offered the job to me. He turned it down. I could be doing they- this
0: podcast with Pete Thamel right now?
1: <laughs> yes. They, the fi- the finalist for that job, do you know this? The finalist for that job? In 2006, when I got hired, there were four people that interviewed for the college basketball columnist job at Sports.com. It was me, Pete Thamel, Mark Slabaugh, and Jeff Goodman. Those were the four people that interviewed. And um, they offered it to Pete first. He turned it down to, I believe, stay at the New York Times. I think that's where yes. he was at the time, and then I got the job, and then that, and then, oh, oh, and then I got radio, and then I, you know, the radio became a thing for me, and then television became a thing for me. But you know, it, it, it's it's you, know, it just sort of all happened the way it happened. But I, I've never tried to pretend that that right place, right time, and a bit of luck didn't contribute to it.
0: Good stuff. Okay, you've been uh, you've been going on. You're stepping into my little. All right, it's 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 Parrish's birthday. Okay, he's 49 years old today, and it's 44. It's... 44. Sure, man. That's what we got to go with. So um, he doesn't know this is coming, but I want to have something fun here. The key is don't ramble. This is I got 10 questions. I want the listeners to know a little bit more about you. I didn't know you're going to win this whole damn life story thing. Okay,
1: uh, trying to give. I was trying to give uh, Dylan some advice and make him feel better about his uncertainty.
0: Okay, so, um, yeah, no, I I hear you. So I got 10 questions for you, and you're going to just be, try and go off the top of your head, not, not too long on the answers, all right? I'll do my best. Okay. Most overrated musical artist slash band in your mind is who? All time. Dave, Dave Matthews band. You're out of your freaking mind with that, by Dave the way.
1: Dave Matthews. I hate, I don't, I, it's not that I hate them. I just have no, I and I, I was, I grew up in a time when like every, you know, I should have been into Dave Matthews and I would have been if they didn't suck.
0: Okay. I mean, there's, you don't have an objective case to make for it. You not liking them doesn't mean that they're overrated, but sure. I don't
1: understand why people like them. I, mean, I do not understand why people like Dave Matthews. Okay. I mean, I don't mean it on a personal level. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just mean, like, yeah, yeah. Consider, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why somebody would go. Man, Dave Matthews is my favorite band. That makes no sense. That's
0: me, me right here on the podcast. So how I about... know, like, I, that's
1: why that one jumped out. But, I, but I'm, I'm not just saying this uh, because I'm talking to you. I sincerely have never understood the Dave Matthews phenomena.
0: Fair enough. Um, one thing to help understand it, although some people just don't care about this, they have one of the five most talented drummers in popular music in the past 40 years. So that kind of stuff goes a long way. Their musical chops are undeniable. I can understand the voice thing. We're not going to get off on track in this. We'll save the DMB stuff for another day, but fine. I wondered if you were going to go there. I thought you might go somewhere else. All right, which which famous... Number two, I got 10 questions. Number two, in honor of GP's 52nd birthday, which famous musical artist have you not yet seen live that you most still want to see? Radiohead. Uh, that might be my answer, too. I have not seen Radiohead live, and I think... Uh, yeah, we're on the same page. It would have been Tom Petty. Didn't get to see him before he passed. So.
1: You know, Tom Petty played in Memphis a month or two, with very just right before he passed. And I, re- it was like a weeknight thing, and I just decided at the last minute not to go, and I
0: regret it. I know. We've talked about that on the podcast. Question number three. Which of these have you ridden in or on before in your life? A hot air balloon, a police car in handcuffs, a private plane, and horseback. Hot air balloon, police car in handcuffs, private plane, on horseback i i have been on a horse i
1: have never been in a hot air balloon i have been in a police car in handcuffs but only while they were searching my car um but i didn't do anything wrong do you know that story i'll give you a real quick story you do know the story i do know the story yes okay then it's a stupid story but um i didn't do anything wrong i have never been arrested in my life Right. I mean I, that, that, That's not to be confused with. I have never done stuff to get arrested. I've just been fortunate.
0: Okay. What about private plane? I've been on multiple private planes. Okay. So there you go. So you are three out of four. No hot air balloon. Okay. Question four. If you had to choose between one of these two, what are you choosing? And you have to choose walking 10 miles in 10 degree weather or riding horseback for one mile in 90 degree weather.
1: I would just ride horseback one mile, 90-degree weather. Can, What's the big deal about that?
0: You can go You can go for a mile on a horse without falling I off, mean, potentially, you know, s- severely I mean, we hurting just, yourself. We
1: just, walk, we just walk it, right? There's no big no, deal. No, you're
0: right. The horse has got some giddy up. We're not just trotting. No, this horse has got some horsepower. I feel like I could
1: hang on a horse for a mile.
0: Okay. Could they? Is it difficult? Uh, well, you said you've been on a horse before. I, I Question three was the presumption that you had never ridden horseback. I didn't realize I was dealing with cowboy GP. I've never done it professionally,
1: but like at some point, have I ever? I mean, I grew up in Mississippi. You know, like I've got friends who own horses. My neighbors have a horse not not in their backyard, but they have ones. You know, they keep it in a little horse farm or whatever they do. And yeah, I've been on a horse. Sure, I don't think it's that. I don't like again. Never. I don't think I could ride professionally, but I think I could do a mile.
0: If you didn't cover. College basketball is your primary sport. What would be your next choice as a sport to cover?
1: Hmm. And here's the other thing. I only cover college basketball because my goal when I got hired at the commercial Pill was to get the best beat you could get. And it was, it was tiger basketball. This was predates the Grizzlies. So if I, I, I've always said like, if I grew up in Austin and I got a job at the Austin American Statesman, I'd probably be a college football writer now. Cause I would have wanted that job. So Sometimes people will say, "You, so you, you got into college basketball because it's your favorite sport." No, it's not really my favorite sport. I got into college basketball as the best job I could get at the place that I worked. Um, baseball, I guess. Although being a beat writer and living on the road that much seems like that could be—that's
0: part of the gig. You're picking baseball anyway.
1: Oh well, then maybe I would pick uh, NFL. You okay. know, they, you know, you. You'd I on cannot
0: f- see you as an NFL writer at all. But okay, fair enough. How about this? Question six. If you weren't in sports writing but needed to make a living, what could you do? Not what would you do. What skills do you have right now or that you think you could acquire? If you're not allowed to work in sports media at all, what are you doing as a job?
1: I could still do a talk show on anything.
0: Okay. So general radio show not tied to sports.
1: Yeah, I could still talk. I could. Yeah. I I mean, my radio show is not entirely sports you know I, I talk about whatever I want to talk about every day I just decide this is what I'm going to talk about today and sometimes off, it, more often than not it is sports but very often it, it somewhat often it's not so I could still I think I could I think if you told me I had to do a political show I could I could do a political show I think if you told me I had to I think I could do I, I could st- I could still have I could still work in media even if it had nothing to do with sports what what is terrifying? Is that I really don't know what else I could do, I, like in terms of like what other job would I both like and be good at? I'm not real sure. Like I would, I would, I would hate it if I had to get up every day and put a suit on and go sit in a cubicle.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Right? like, these- I don't,
1: like uh, selling cars or whatever it is yeah. people do. I don't know. You I could, could sell You know what car. I could be? You know what I could be? I could be a lawyer. I can make convincing arguments. I, I think see, I could be a lawyer.
0: I could see. You do that. Although the uh, the random shouts to SEC players of years past might help or hurt the cases. All right. Rank these four items in favorite to least favorite form. Chocolate ice cream, swimming in the ocean, owning a puppy, and the two minutes in your hotel room after you drop off all your bags on a work trip.
1: Mm. Okay. I would put owning a puppy last. That's hard. Oh, Man, i love having so a, dog. Have so a dog we have a dog and and but puppies are difficult like once puppies become trained and then they're great but the initial puppy training stage that's that's hard i don't enjoy that at all um swimming in the ocean i don't i don't really like the ocean I, I like ocean. looking at it. Yeah. i like looking at it i don't like being in it i enjoy looking at it but i don't enjoy being in the ocean what are my other options
0: Chocolate ice cream and the two minutes of freedom after you drop off everything of your belongings in your hotel room upon arriving after a work trip.
1: Yeah, um, I dig chocolate ice cream, but, you know, there's a grocery store down the street. I go to it whenever I need stuff and I don't ever buy ice cream. I don't just sit around snacking on ice cream. So, um, but I enjoy it, sure. Like if you had a bowl, I'd eat it. Um, And here's the problem with collapsing in in a hotel room. I am I, I check into a hotel room, I walk inside and unless I've got to immediately bounce somewhere, I unpack. I like to get everything exactly where it goes.
0: All right, so that still counts though. Those two minutes after you are settled in the hotel room. you just you've traveled, you've been on the plane, you're getting in the Ubers, you're going through the airports. underrated feeling. getting into the hotel room, not having to rush somewhere, no kids around, all this, you can just be like,
1: I do enjoy that. I enjoy, I enjoy being alone in a hotel. Remember traveling? I haven't been. I mean, I have been in a hotel room since March, but I haven't traveled since March.
0: Have you ever debated growing a beard? I have grown a beard. In fact, when, I am gonna need to see a photo. <laughs> when
1: I broke that big recruiting story, um, way back when, that helped lead to the next thing. I was getting death threats, and so I changed my entire. Holy crap! I mean, I was getting. I was. I I had to move into a secure building. I don't know that I had to, but I did. A secure building, um, in an apartment under somebody else's name. It was in my roommate's name, so that you could. not There was no way to look up where does Gary Parish live, Be- and and you couldn't get into the building without pass or whatever, and. Um, I grew a beard, cut my hair, grew a beard, not because I was like, you know, but it it, it just made me less. I didn't I wanted to create I, what I did was I looked very I looked nothing like the picture that people could see in the newspaper. You have to understand that this was like 2000, maybe. So this is pre-Facebook and. Um, you know, where there weren't a million pictures of me out there. Really, the only thing people could recognize me by is the picture that was in the newspaper. And I did my best to not look like that anymore. And that involved me
0: growing a beer. What's the one state you haven't been to that you most want to visit?
1: One state I haven't been to that I most want to visit.
0: What's the state you just, you know, you occasionally think about, like, hmm, that's interesting? For me, it's Idaho. Fascinated. What's going on there?
1: I've never, I, I, have I ever been? To, I don't think I've ever been to Idaho.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. What are they doing up there? Just wonder.
1: Um, Alaska, maybe?
0: Not bad. Good call. Good call. Spacious. I don't know that I'll ever
1: go to Alaska.
0: I think you should try and make time. Maybe we'll go together. What would we do there? They, they say the Alaskan cruises are a pretty good time there. There's all sorts of stuff, man. There's the, I hate cruises. So do I. Never. Yeah. Unless it's in fact, I've, I've even talked about this to my wife. Unless we go on this, these like famed, amazing Alaskan cruises, I'm never doing a cruise. No, no shot. I,
1: have you ever done one? No.
0: No desire. Zero. I d-
1: we did one. Zero. One time. And I hated it. You can't get away. It just, it's, there's the, just people the
0: everywhere. The cruise line industry absolutely befuddles me. I don't get it. I don't understand why this is a thing, but it is. Last one, the Mets are guaranteed a World Series in the next 10 years. At least one, and then it's house money after. Maybe they win two, maybe win eight, but maybe it's only one. Guaranteed one in the next 10 years, but you take this deal, you die before 70. Do you do it?
1: No, I would like to live as long as I can live. I'm not willing to die for the Mets. I mean, I don't know that I'll live to 70, but I certainly... As much as I want to see another World Series and as much as I... emotionally invested in a franchise. I'm not willing to die at 67 so the Mets can win a World Series. I've got kids to finish raising and hopefully grandkids someday also.
0: Okay, fair enough. Just a little bit of learning more about GP on his birthday. By the way, as we get out of here, before I forget, because someone brought it up, I cannot, this is unbelievable. Alex Abernathy, shout out to my favorite podcast for helping me beat my girlfriend's family in a board game tonight, Wits and Wagers. The question... In what year was the last sighting of the Dodo Bird?
1: Unbelievable. I I saw that. Unbelievable. What are the odds that you'd randomly be listening to a college basketball podcast and then be presented with a Dodo
0: Bird question within weeks of the Dodo Bird episode? It's phenomenal stuff there. That's uh, That's what we absolutely love. So thank you to Alex Abernathy for sending that along. That was an incredible, incredible tweet. So there we go. Everyone, please. His At mention is at Gary Paris CBS. Wish this man a happy 55th oh, birthday. God. Please find him. He loves. He absolutely loves his birthday. Without it, in fact, want, he gets angry know how, if people don't. You want to know him.
1: how I've spent my birthday? Replying the text messages. <laughs> like I, 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 I got to be careful with the way I say this. I appreciate no, it. I, I appreciate it, and it's nice to be thought of. All right, but it's kind of stressful to have to return 50 text messages.
0: You know, it's just a lot. It's your day, man. If you don't want to return them, just give it. Wait till tomorrow. No one's No,
1: I feel I would feel um, inadequate if I didn't return. A, 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 if somebody actually like took even the five seconds that it takes to to think about me and send me a text message on my birthday, I'd feel ridiculous not at least responding with a five second text. But but like it's, I had to carve out like twenty minutes earlier to just go. Okay, I'm gonna just hit all these people back real quick. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. All right, let's it's a lot. It's a lot. It just it, it complicates the day a little bit, but I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Let's, uh... Shout out uh, to Devin yeah. Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts yeah. to Terry MF and Teagle legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you, guys, once again, for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the absolute dumbest pandemic of my life. Norland, I never seen one like this. Okay. I never seen one like this. I didn't... I, it, I, I never seen anything like this. Nope. It's a rough one. It's a rough one, man.
0: It's a rough one. And how'd you gain all the weight, by the way?
1: How about that? Did you see that? I I tweeted that. It was DJ Khaled and Larry King.
0: (laughs) Tell me about all the weight you gained or whatever. Amazing. You know, I I want the house on the water. I want the nice
1: car. I want the nice watch. I want to stay fresh. I want to stay clean. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with that. You should strive for greatness. How did you gain all the weight? Um just eating a lot that made me spit laugh i was <laughs> when i watched it for the first time i think i'd seen it before of course larry king died this weekend but when i saw it again for the first time this weekend without knowing what was coming like actually like lol uh so that was a, a great it just is a hell of a oh larry king it got larry king
0: i know that's why i brought oh, it up
1: Kobe got larry king i know Sad. this is what an awful deal. If you're not subscribed to the Island College Basketball Podcast, please go do it any way you subscribe to podcasts. Leave a review. Maybe we'll read it next Sunday. And either way, we're going to talk to you again on Wednesday. Till then, take care.